Welcome back to another OTL Sports Project. Today, we have the first episode of our brand new basketball podcast. It is the Over the Line Sports Layup Line, and I am joined by my co-host, Nolan Russell. How are you today, bud? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Pretty uh, kind of chomping at the bit to get into some March Madness here. Um, We've been in, I don't want to say in a bit of a lull of sports lately, but I mean, the excitement really hasn't been through the roof. And I mean, with March Madness creeping up with all the betting possibilities and everyone getting fired up about uh, possible upsets in the first round, I am uh, pretty excited to see what you have uh, for some predictions for this first round here. Yeah, I mean, March Madness really is like the start of of the big sports season you follow this up with the the nba playoffs and nhl playoffs not far behind so yeah this is really this is when uh sport fans start getting excited i i love march madness so i'm really excited to talk about it yeah there's always uh there's always that i don't know underlying storyline of parody and really not not being able to judge it by the books on a lot of these matchups so if you had to pick one, we'll just start at the West here. So if you had to pick one matchup from this West division here, what would you say is the most likely upset coming out of this first round? There's a few that actually jump out to me here. There's there's quite a few. Uh, I'm looking at the the 5-12 game, the 4-13 game, and the 6-11 game here. You got Creighton versus UCSB is an interesting one. I think UCSB is definitely one of the, the better mid-major teams in the tournament playing a a, like a random conference, you know, so some, t- some people don't like to pick these teams, but uh, UCSB can really play and Creighton's kind of been in a slump lately. They just got destroyed by Georgetown in their most recent game. So that's a, definitely a potential upset there. You got uh, Virginia versus Ohio is an interesting one. I think Ohio's really good team. Uh, Virginia has also got like some COVID issues at the moment. So they haven't been able to play for like a week and uh, practicing has been, like they haven't really practiced at all. So they could be uh, potentially cold in that game. I don't know exactly what to expect. They might be a little rusty. And uh, Ohio's got Jason Preston, a potential NBA player on their roster. Like they, they got a really good team there. Um, and six versus 11, we got a, we got Wichita State and Drake in the, the play-in matchup. And oftentimes these play-in teams can kind of go on a bit of a run because they, they get – hot in their play-in game, and then they, they get a boost of confidence off that. And I think both Drake and Wichita State can really play. So uh, no matter who comes out of that game, they could give USC a scare. Yeah, so there's quite a few there. If I had to pick one, I think I would I would lean towards Ohio because I'm just – I'm concerned with Virginia with all the, the COVID concerns that are, that are surrounding them right now. I don't really know what to expect. I don't know if any players might be unavailable for them. It could be a little rusty. So I think, I think that's a really good upset pick there. Um, I mean, even given the COVID, the COVID scares uh, that Virginia has going on right now, I still have Virginia going fairly deep in their uh, in their part of the bracket here. I think the only one that really doesn't really do it for me is the UCSB matchup. The only reason I say that is because they haven't really been tested against top uh, top opportunities this year with the with the higher seeds. I mean, they they're yet to play a top twenty five team going into this tournament, so I feel like this could be this could be kind of their prove it moment against against a complete team like Creighton, but. Again, it's just, it's the magic of these first rounds. You never really know what's going to happen until it does happen. And I mean, we're pretty much guaranteed that one of these 10 plus seeds is going to end up coming out against one of these more talented teams. Um, so we'll just run through the matchups here after we've, uh, after you've given your one, your one indicative uh, possible sleeper pick here. Uh, so we'll just run it from the top. So who do you have uh, in the Gonzaga matchup? Well, definitely Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, I felt like that went without, <laughs> that went without question. Um, I also, I also have Gonzaga. I feel like that's just, 
as much as I'd love to see a 16 upset of one seed, I feel like that's probably the most unlikely out of all the four sectors of the bracket this year. Um, I think Gonzaga's, I don't want to say a walkthrough because that makes it seem way easier than it actually is because you never know, as I said, but I feel like Gonzaga's kind of a lock there. I mean, the number one seeds are, I think, 135 and one all time against 16 seeds. So betting against them is just, it's just foolish. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's not a, not a recipe for success. No. Um, so yeah, I guess we both had Gonzaga there. And then this one, this one I find kind of a polarizing matchup because I have Mizzou coming out against Oklahoma here. And I don't know. It's, I don't know uh, yeah. That, the eight I, versus nines are always a tough call. And both these teams, I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in either of them, to be honest. They've kind of both struggled down the slump. Oklahoma lost like their last four regular season games. And uh, I think Missouri's lost like six, six of the last nine games or something. So both these teams are, are really struggling as of late. They both have talent. Um, I could see it going either way, really. I actually, I'm, I'm leaning towards Oklahoma right now, but that's just really, <laughs> there's no, no real reason why. It's, it's, it could go either way. It's a 50-50. Yeah, that, one, that one's definitely tight. I think, uh, as you mentioned, there are recent struggles. I think are kind of going to both subside going into this first round matchup. I feel like it's just going to be whoever plays better on that day, regardless of what happened uh, yesterday. Uh, to put it plainly, but I guess we'll move past that. And then Creighton against UCSB, um, you you had this one as one of your matchups that could possibly be a varying outcome. Uh, what, what would you uh, what would you lock in here if you had to be a betting man? I, I'm sticking with the Blue Jays. I think they're they're a really talented team. Like Creighton is is a, a two weeks ago Creighton could have been a three seed in this tournament, and they're a team that could have gone very deep. They they struggled a little bit towards the end of the season. They had some issues with the, their coach got suspended for a little bit for uh, racially insensitive comments. And, you know, there's there's a lot going on with that team right now. So upset here is definitely possible. But when it comes to just pure talent, Creighton is really, really good. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them go on a bit of a run here. Yeah, I have a, I have Creighton as well, just for uh, just for the viewers at home. Um, and then Virginia against Ohio, uh, you had mentioned with the COVID concerns, this could be, this could be a bit of a swing into o- Ohio's favor. So what would you, would you consider this to be probably your one underdog lock here or what, what's your, what's your perspective on this game? I am going with Ohio. Uh, again, we'll, we'll see what happens. Virginia, you know, they could come in uh, ready to play. Like if all their players are healthy, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Really, it's it's this this season's all like a whole lot of uncertainties in Virginia. Of all the teams in the bracket, they might have the most uncertainties surrounding them. So, I'm just being cautious with them. I, I think Ohio's a very good team. They've won nine of their last ten, dominated in their their conference playoffs. So, don't like don't sleep on this team. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Virginia, Virginia for me, I think is one of, well, when healthy, of course, given the COVID concerns, but they're one of the more complete teams. Like they're a very above average offensive team. And then they they have the possibility or sorry, capability of holding their own defensively. So I feel like if they're able to get, get hot, given a shorter roster, depending on how the COVID list shakes out for them, um, I think they could definitely give it a little test to Creighton in the second round. Um, I'm going to move on to USC against Drake or well, slash Wichita. Um, I think I think whichever team comes out against this, you kind of swayed me a little bit. Um, I think this one could be the one the one that's the most varying outcome here. I think USC, regardless of who comes out here, I think could kind of have a test on their hands here. Oh, for sure. I think any one of these three teams could be moving on here. Wichita State versus Drake is a is a battle. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close game. I actually I think Drake's gonna come out of that game. I, I really like Drake's team. Um, 
I, I think USC is going to win this one. I just really like their their uh, front court with the Mobley brothers. Evan Mobley is just ridiculously good. He'll probably be a top top three, maybe even second overall pick in the NBA draft this year. And I, I just I I have concerns of how Drake or Wichita State is going to be able to slow him down. But both those teams can definitely play, and it it will be a close game, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I would like to see that one probably be the one upset, just because I love I love the play in narrative after uh, after getting hot uh, going into the first round and seeing that kind of narrative play out. I'd love to see that. Um, so moving on, I mean the Kansas game. I think this one's kind of a lock in my mind. This is one of the first ones that I clicked when I was filling out my bracket. Um, I don't know if you feel different about that, but uh, feel free to share if you do. I do feel different about that. <laughs> I'm picking Kansas, but I do not think this is a lock. Uh, the problem with Kansas, you know, very similar to Virginia. They've had a lot of COVID issues lately. They had to sit out of their tournament game or the tournament, like their conference tournament. Sorry. So they haven't played in a little while now. And, you know, again, they might have some players missing. It's, it's kind of uncertain at this point. And Eastern Washington is, is a pretty solid team. They're, they're going to give them a good match. I'm, I'm sticking with Kansas. But I think Kansas flat out is overseeded here. I don't, I don't really think they should be a three seed. So they're a team that could potentially be upset here. Uh, I would tread lightly with Kansas in this tournament. Yeah, I think, I think past the first round, I think we'll really see what they're made of. Um, but moving swiftly on to this next one, I think this is, this is one of my first uh, lower seed picks besides Mizzou. Uh, I have VCU going over Oregon here. Uh, VCU is just an extremely strong physical defensive team. And I feel like that could be the kind of thing that would throw off a good team, a talented offensive team like Oregon. Um, and I mean, I, I don't want to keep going on the parody about first round matchups and varying outcomes, but I mean, this is the kind of matchup a seven versus 10, much like an eight versus nine that could kind of go over either way most times. And you just, you just reference being possibly overseeded. And I think Oregon might be a little bit overseeded. I mean, I think they are talented, but I think a seven seed is a tad generous for what they did uh, down the stretch. Um, but I have VCU here. I think VCU could definitely come out and put up a strong showing in the first round. VCU is a, is a popular pick for me in March because of how good they are defensively. I, I've gone to them a lot in the past few tournaments, and they usually come through. Oregon is a very good team, though. I, I'm sticking with Oregon here. I think I'm actually going the opposite way of you. I think I think the seventh seed is is too low for them. I think they should have been higher. Uh, really, the only reason they're a seventh seed is because they got they got beat by Oregon State in their their Pac-12 semifinal game, and Oregon State just shot lights out in that game. I, I don't really think that's you can really fault Oregon for that. Uh, I think they're the best team in the Pac-12, other than probably Colorado. So they're a good they're a good team this year, and I think they're going to beat VCU. But that one is definitely one that could go either way. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, just a just a round of the West, I guess. I mean, I think we're both going Iowa here. I don't I don't see this as varying. Uh, I don't. Not to, not to give uh, an unfair shake to GCU, but I mean, Iowa's kind of been that team the entire season who really, one of those unwavering teams who's just showed up every night. So I, I really don't see them losing in the first round. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, I will say that Grand Canyon is is a solid team. They're, they're better than the, probably the other 15 seeds in the tournament, but, but Iowa's going to beat them for sure. Uh, okay, so where would you want to take this next? you want to take it east, north, or south? Uh, let's go south. We'll do the top part of the bracket first, I guess. Okay. All right. So Baylor. I think I think we're just yeah. moving on with yeah. Baylor. <laughs> Baylor's gonna beat Hartford. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the thing is I've seen, I've heard a lot of good things about Hartford. I've seen, I've seen that their system, their system can give opponents havoc. Sometimes I think a lot of it has to do with their coaching staff. They're a very like intense hands-on coaching staff. So I feel like that, that could really be the only X factor. And I mean, as much yeah. as coaching can do in college basketball, I feel like that won't really transition into beating a team like Baylor, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think just from what you've seen or what you said about the 15 seed uh, GCU and the other in the Western side of the bracket, uh, I think not, not to say that this is going to be a stone cold Steve Austin stunner off the top rope, but like, I don't know this, this one kind of intrigues me for some reason. I don't know. I know that I know a one seeds only lost to a 16 once, but I, I do have Baylor here, but I'd love to see that upset. That'd be, that'd be pretty neat. <laughs> Uh, I'm not completely sold on Baylor as a team. I think, well, they have a really good roster, but I, I don't like their coach that much, but they're going to beat Hartford badly. I think <laughs> it won't be close. I don't, I really don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just, uh, well, how you doing? Keep it moving. Uh, so we'll go to UNC against Wisconsin. Um, much like the Oklahoma Mizzou game, this one was kind of a toss up for me. Um, and honestly, I just went back to my bread and butter, to be honest, like Wisconsin's kind of been a very consistent first round team. Um, at least over the last few uh, March Madness tournaments. So I kind of had to rock out with Wisconsin. I don't, not discrediting UNC's talent at all. I just, I think Wisconsin, this, this kind of matchup is just kind of built for a, for a team like Wisconsin to come out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is kind of a toss up. I, I'm leaning towards North Carolina. I just think they're a more talented team, but both these teams have been very inconsistent this year. They, uh, it could go either way. And you're not wrong about Wisconsin. They've they've done very well in, in first rounds in the in the past. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um Wisconsin, especially, especially I guess in the in the height of these kind of situations. I mean, they've always been a good team under pressure, especially this season. They have a really strong, I think it was, I think I was reading last night, it was a really strong assist to turnover ratio. And I mean, be able to take a take care of the ball, especially in a high, high caliber moment like this, I feel like it'll be kind of huge for a, for an eventful win. Um, and then we moved to Vill the Villanova game, the five versus 12. And uh, I I'm think this smelling one... an upset. <laughs> You're smelling an upset. Oh yeah. All right. Villanova's best players injured. Their starting point guard, Colin Gillespie, he's out. And on top of that, their starting shooting guard is also out. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, I think I'm taking Winthrop in this one. They've, uh, they've gone 23 and one this season. They've played a bunch of bad teams, but they've played very well against them. So yeah. I, I think Villanova could be could be uh, struggling a little bit without their starting backcourt out there. So I'm taking Winthrop in this game. I I don't disagree that missing your your entire starting backcourt isn't isn't a huge X factor. But at the same time, I mean, much like the UCSB uh, the UCSB hype train, so to speak. I mean, they haven't they haven't even faced, let alone beat a top twenty five team this year. And I mean, I'm not going to chalk it up to mediocre talent that they've been playing like 17 and one in their conference is extremely strong, but at the same time, at the same time, who have they played? And I mean, even, even with missing their, their main backcourt, I still think this is kind of, I mean, I like the smell of an upset of any game is definitely relevant in this game because of the missing of the backcourt. But I just, I don't know. I just still can't look past Villanova in this. I can't. That's fair. They've got great coaching and I'm sure they'll, they'll figure something out, but Winthrop is, Winthrop is a solid team. And uh, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't pick a team that's missing their starting point guard and starting shooting guard. I'm just, uh, there's too many concerns there. Um, okay. And I mean, we'll, we'll move on, I guess we'll move on to Purdue against the mean green. Um, and I mean, this one, 
this one again, I think is pretty, pretty indicative on paper. Um, and I mean, there, you really can't take anything on paper going into March madness of all things, but I mean, I just, they haven't played great against top 25 teams, but I mean, Purdue most of the season has been fairly consistent. I mean, to end the season, I think they've lost four of their last six or four of their last seven. So not the best, but I mean, they're just, they're a huge team. Like they're just physically a massive team. And it's just, it would take a lot for a team like that to lose in the first round. The one thing I will say about North Texas here, I'm also picking Purdue, but the thing I will say about them is uh, they just beat a Western Kentucky team that has one of the best big men in the country. And they, they really slowed him down and they might be able to do something similar against Purdue. Uh, and Purdue is a team that really loves to play through the post and play through their big man. So, you know, keep an eye on this one. I think, I think North Texas will keep it close, but Purdue is a good team. And, and I, I don't really see a, see a good reason not to pick them here. No, I agree. Um, and then I guess we'll move on to um, Texas tech and we have San Diego state. It's a uh, Utah state. Oh yeah, no, it is Utah State. You're right. Yeah, I'm picking the the Red Raiders. Texas Tech, I think, is gonna is gonna win this one. Yeah, I just I love the talent. I love the talent that they have. Like Texas Tech has kind of played with a lot of swagger this year. Um, I mean, Mac McClung's always been one of my favorite players, like coming out of high school. And I mean, I feel like he's really getting a really good fair shake with uh, Texas Tech this year. And I mean, he's been uh, he's been pretty consistent, especially down the stretch. He's really provided a lot of uh, a lot of bolster to that team. Um, and I think. That could he could be kind of one of the catalysts into a into a possible deep run from a mid seed this year. I would love to see it. I mean, he hasn't really had that kind of storied success of most four year college guys. But I mean, this if this is his chance to shine, I mean, much like in high school, he always performed when the lights were on. So I feel like him with a little bit of fire lit under his ass after a transfer or two, actually looking to make a name for himself pushing through the tournament. I feel like this is kind of Texas Tech's game to lose here. Yeah, I don't think Utah State should be in the tournament at all, to be honest. They, they were kind of one of the very last teams to squeak in. And I, I, I don't think they should have got in. The one thing they do have on Texas Tech is size down low and just rebounding. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. So that's a that's a concern. But I, I just think Texas Tech's guards and their perimeter play is just going to overpower Utah State here. Mm-hmm. Um, And then... I mean, to be honest, I, I don't feel bad making this a lock, but I'm I'm definitely locking in Arkansas here. Um, I love Arkansas. I, I'm I'm in agreement you, with that. You've been you've been pretty high on Arkansas from what we've talked about uh, prior to this podcast. Um, I mean, the Raiders do bring a lot of physicality to the table, but I just don't I just don't think they beat a team like Arkansas. Like Arkansas has been Arkansas has kind of been the poster boy for consistency most of the season. I mean, they have a split record of two and two against top twenty fives, but I mean, they've been extremely consistent in their conference. Um, and they're just they're a really well-rounded team. Like they can really score from anywhere. They have a really they have a really strong defensive setup that they play. Um, and I feel like that'll just that'll just cause havoc. I feel like that's kind of one of the lock matchups in this first round. Yeah, they're they're just so good offensively, and I I don't think uh, Colgate has the players to defend someone like Moses Moody, who's a really good player. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be an impactful player in the NBA. I think. Uh, and they got like Justin Smith. They got JD, JD Note off the bench who won the SEC sixth man of the year. Like they've, they've got some players that I think Arkansas could definitely go on a run in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just moving swiftly on, this is uh, this is one of my tighter matchup upsets that I have coming out of the South here. Um, I'm taking Virginia tech. I think, I think Virginia tech, their ability to beat top teams, I think will be something that'll kind of bode well for them going into this first round. 
Um, they also played pretty well down the stretch, some pretty disappointing outcomes, but they did play well in a few of their tighter games that they had down the stretch. But I mean, four and zero against top 25s. I think that's definitely something that you have to keep in mind, but I mean, I, it's kind of the any given Sunday rule. I mean, I understand that even, even though a team may be ranked higher or lower, isn't really indicative of what kind of outcome could happen, but I think I'm, I think I'm taking Virginia tech here. Yeah, I, I don't really like either of these teams. <laughs> They're both super inconsistent. So it, it's gonna depend on who plays to the best of their ability on that on that given day. Like like you said, Virginia Tech is four and against top twenty-five teams. They've also lost some some really bad teams. Like mm-hmm. like this team is all over the map. So I'm going with Florida. Uh I don't really know why. Like, I just I have a feeling they're going to play better on that given day. And it it's really a, it's a coin flip here. Both these teams are super inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the lesser of two evils, but I'm going to I'm going to split the other side with you there. I'm taking Virginia Tech um, and we move on to the two versus 15. I mean, I do we even have to talk about it. Not really. Ohio State's going to win this game. Uh, I do want to at least uh, talk about Max Admis a little bit. Uh, he's on. He's on Oral Roberts. He's the nation's leading scorer. So he's worth talking about for that alone. He'll mm-hmm. just go out there and shoot a bunch of threes. Um, but they're they're gonna lose. Ohio State's is a good team. They're gonna beat them for sure. Yeah, they're just there's only so much that individual can talent can do. And I mean the takeover ability in March Madness is kind of something that's different from most professional sports. I mean, oh you could you could have a 40 point game, but your team could still lose by 30. <laughs> like I mean that's just kind of the way college basketball goes I mean one player can only take you so far um okay are we going east or midwest let's go uh let's go east all right well we're starting with Michigan um against whatever outcome of the 16th seed play in game is uh, I think this is Michigan regardless and I think it's pretty safe to say yeah I I agree with that I think uh I think Michigan's the weakest one seed in the field they're also missing Isaiah Livers who's arguably their best player but uh, they're going to win this game for sure. But if you're, if you're looking for one seed to, to knock out at some point, obviously not in this round, but at some point, Michigan, I think, is, is the one that's most likely to get, could get beat at some point here. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan, I don't know when it would be because the only, one of the only teams I see them losing to would be Alabama, and they're all the way on the other side of the bracket, so they'd have to play them in the, in the, East, in the East finals. But I think um, I think Florida State would definitely be a team that could kind of rival them if they were to eventually meet. Um, I think they're very similar the way that they're made up, but I feel like just just what it, from what I've seen from Florida State, I mean they have they've had pretty consistent results. I mean undefeated against top twenty five teams, but they've also beat a lot of good teams this year. So I mean that's that's just the kind of thing that could be indicative of later round play. But I mean we're I am jumping the gun a little bit. So I like Florida State a lot. Uh, not to spoil they're, they're, what I'm going to do with them, but I think I think Florida State, Colorado, potentially even LSU could even upset Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a team that I would be concerned about so that's just my opinion on that we'll see what happens with them though yeah a little bit of speculation there thrown in at the end um we'll go lsu against sbu and this one's kind of a toss-up for me i mean even looking at it on paper um i couldn't really i couldn't really decipher between the two um i mean very very similar i don't know no notable notable results i mean the offensive production is kind of their, their biggest difference i think they have about a 12 point gap between their points per game but other than that played very similarly in their conferences their rank is pretty much the exact same um the only thing that 
that kind of sways me here is SBU's defensive play. They're a really strong defensive team, and LSU is a very weak defensive team, at least on paper. Um, so, I mean, I'm taking SBU here. SBU, much like the uh, much like the start of our bracket with uh, Mizzou over Oklahoma, I, I took Mizzou as well, and I'm taking SBU as well. Yeah, this is the, definitely a case of offense versus defense. You got one of the hottest offense in the country in LSU against one of the best defensive teams in the country in uh, St. Bonaventure. I'm leaning with LSU because St. Bonaventure hasn't been tested by a team like LSU. So we'll see how their defense holds up against a really, really hot offense. And, you know, Cameron Thomas is one of the top scorers in the country. They got Trenton Watford. They got Javante Smart. I just think they have so many offensive weapons that can break down St. Bonaventure. But the Bonnies are, are a good team. And uh, this is a this is a good matchup here for sure. Mm hmm. And then we'll move on to one of your favorites that you've been super vocal about. So we have Colorado against Georgetown. Yeah, uh, Georgetown is is a scary pick here too. But uh, I really like Colorado. They they have the the best free throw shooting team in NCAA history right now. So that's just a I, I just trust a team like that when when the game's close. You know, you want a team that's going to hit the free throws and, and every point matters. But uh, Georgetown's a scary pick though because they've been red hot lately. So, you know, we'll see. They might ride that confidence into an upset here. That'd be a that'd be a sight to see, especially especially with how high you've been on Colorado. If they end up taking an early exit, pushed out the door. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll move swiftly on. We have a Florida State, Florida State's game. I mean, I don't really uh, I don't really see them getting upset by the Spartans. Um, but I mean. I, unless you have any other thoughts. I mean, the Spartans, I will say, did probably have one of the more impressive endings to a season this year. I mean, they went on a 15-3 and three run. Um, and, I mean, they have they have some good scoring, but other than that, I really don't see this going their way. Yeah, Florida State's just too good for them. They're too big and athletic, and UNC Greensboro's just not used to playing a team like that. I think Florida State's going to beat them handily. Yeah, um, I agreed 100%. Um, and then we have BYU against the second play in game of the, of the Eastern part of the bracket here. Um, this one, this one kind of, this one's very dependent on the play in out, outcome here. Um, I think if MSU wins, I think it's BYU's game. I think if UCLA wins, I think UCLA would have a better chance to beat BYU. Uh, I would say the exact opposite. <laughs> I, I think UCLA, along with uh, Utah State are the two teams that I don't think should have even made the tournament. I think UCLA is is bad, frankly. They've been they've been playing really bad lately. I think Michigan State's going to beat them. Uh, and Michigan State versus BYU is is a dangerous game. I'm I'm taking Michigan State, but BYU is really really solid. They went 20 and six this year. Three of their losses were to Gonzaga, the best team in the country. So you take out those three losses and they're 20 and three. Like that's, that's a scary team, but Michigan state just recently beat Illinois, Michigan, Ohio state. Those are three of the top five teams in the country. So they're coming into this tournament with the confidence that they can beat anyone. And I, I think they're going to ride that high and they're, they're just going to, they're going to plow through us UCLA, I think. And BYU matchup is going to be closer, but I still think Michigan state's going to pull off that upset. I'm a, well, now I'm looking forward to this game even more. You kind of stoked the fire for me there. I'll definitely tune in for that one. Um, and then we have the Texas game. Um, this is kind of this is kind of one of my locks in the East. Um, no, no disrespect to ACU at all, but 
Texas, much like Florida State, is just one of those bigger physical teams that I feel like will wear you down over the tail of time. And I feel like this is kind of Texas's game to lose. And this would kind of be a bracket breaker for a lot of people if Texas took an early dip. Yeah, I do want to give credit to Abilene Christian. I think they're they're one of the better teams for for those mid-major teams that are lower seeds. But uh, Texas, I think this is the best team that that they've had in a little while now. So they're they're a dangerous team in this tournament. They could go on a run for sure. Right on. Um, and then we head on to the UConn, the UConn Huskies against Maryland. Um, this one, this one took a little bit of thinking for me. Um, at first I thought this was kind of a UConn lock considering how well that they played. Um, they played it. They played really well mid season, but kind of had a lackluster stretch. Um, Maryland is a team that's really interesting to me because they've played top competition pretty much all year. They don't have a great top 25 record, but you look at bad top 25 records, UConn hasn't beat a top 25 team. So Maryland, Maryland's the kind of team that I could see upsetting a talented team like UConn, but I feel like this game, much like the middle seed games, like the eight to nines, the seven to tens, I feel like this one's also a toss up, but I think I'm taking Maryland. Yeah, this one is a toss up. The The reason I'm going with Maryland as well is simply because they played in the big 10 this year, which I think is the best conference in the, in the NCAA. They're just battle tested more than UConn is. And uh, I think they're going to come into this tournament with a little bit more. They're just going to be a little bit more prepared, I think, for for a tough matchup than UConn is. Yeah, like I think I don't want to say 11 games against top top 25 teams as a regular, but that seems like a lot. And that seems like that's the kind of test that you want going into a tournament like this where you need to play well every single day. Yeah, and it's not just like top 25. Like they're they're in the same conference as Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, like those, and yeah. Iowa. Like those those are two one seeds and two two seeds in their same conference and they've they've had to battle those teams all season so yeah i think maryland might be a little bit underseeded because they've just their record's not as good as it could have been if they were in an in a, a easier conference mm-hmm. okay and i mean well we might as well finish out the east um this one's alabama and if it's not alabama then <laughs> i'm not wrong <laughs> so i think this one this one's alabama i mean i don't want to I don't want to dis- discredit their uh, their lackluster opponent by any means, but I mean, you look at 16 and two in the conference, and I mean, I feel like that speaks volumes. And not only that, but I mean, SEC Player of the Year, <laughs> like Herbert Jones. Herbert Jones is a monster. I mean, I feel like he's just gonna eat. Yeah, uh, Iona is coached by Rick Pitino, which uh, is one thing in their favor, I guess. I, I really like Pitino as a coach, but yeah, talent-wise, Alabama is just gonna gonna stomp on them. I think it's not gonna yeah. be close. I mean, we've seen it all year. I mean, they've been one of the better three-point shooting teams, and I feel like especially especially coming in a team that combines like elite defensive play. I think they were didn't they lead the SEC in rebounds and steals? Yeah, they're they're one of the best defenses in the, yeah. in the nation right now. They're really good on that end. Yeah, I mean, when you have the combination of leading in three-point three point field goals and both sides of the defensive ball, I mean, come on, like, what are we shaking a stick at here? Um, and I mean, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll finish it up with the Midwest. Um, One more thing, just, just about the East in general. Uh, you know, for anyone that's, you know, listening to this to fill out their bracket, doesn't know a lot of stuff. If, if you're looking for upsets, take a look at the East Conference because this this division is is going to be a mess. I really think that... Uh, like I'm looking at my bracket and I would not be the least bit surprised to see my East division just torn to shreds after round two. Like I I could see any team come out of that division. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I think. I, I don't disagree. I think the East will end up being a bloodbath. I think the most interesting one for me in terms of parity, I think comes in the second round in the West. 
because I feel like a lot could shake out between the, uh, well, what I have, I mean, I'm pending a Creighton, Creighton, Virginia matchup. And then even Gonzaga, uh, Mizzou for some reason intrigues me a lot. Uh, Mizzou has been really inconsistent, but I feel like that's the kind of matchup that could be like a bracket breaker for a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> but I do definitely agree with the East. I think, I think the East holds a lot of potential for parity. I think, especially a team like Michigan that you mentioned that could be shaky. Um, I feel like that could kind of, that could kind of break the East side there. And even a team like, like a mid, a middle seed, like a Maryland making an upset against Alabama, like that could, that could definitely happen. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the East, uh, I think Florida state might be the best four seed in the tournament. I think Colorado might be the best five seed in the tournament. I think Georgetown could definitely go on a run. They've been like unstoppable lately, but they were terrible to start the season. So we'll see what happens with them. I think LSU is so underseated. Them being an eight seed is disrespectful. They're they're light like they're lights out on offense. St. Bonaventure is their first round matchup though, and that's that's a tough matchup. Like the Bonnies might beat them. Yeah. And then you look at a team like Michigan State could go on a run. I think BYU could go on a run. Texas is very good. Alabama is very good. Like that 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 division is going to be a bloodbath yeah it's uh, the east division the more that we're talking about it just seems like the definition of a toss-up um and i mean without without any other comments i mean are we just going to complete this with the midwest then yeah let's head over there well i mean first and let's foremost, pick uh, illinois yeah, i was gonna say let's just yeah <laughs> let's just lock in illinois um yeah i mean not much more needs to be said no not to discredit the dragons at all but i mean they had um I think they were, they were one of the, they were one of the teams that were hit by the COVID bug the most. I think they had a few COVID stoppages mid season. Um, and I feel like that could be the kind of thing that throws off their rhythm, but not only that, I mean, they're playing Illinois, like Illinois just, I mean, they just, they're just dangerous. Like their whole, Illinois is very good. <laughs> yeah, their, their whole roster, like they're extremely deep. They're extremely well coached. I mean, they're great on both sides of the ball and they, they just have crafty playmakers. And I mean, that's yeah, they got Iowa who's, top top three player in the tournament probably so yeah, yeah they're dangerous i mean they, yeah. they did get a very unfortunate draw here because i think that the eight nine matchup is is a tough one no matter who they play is going to be a tough match and oklahoma state as a four seed in their in their division is another really scary opponent so i do feel bad for for them a little bit i think they got kind of screwed with their their draw here but they're they're going to be a very tough opponent to beat either way mm-hmm so we'll uh, we'll move move down to the eight seed nine seed game. That's the uh, Georgia Tech game. Um, who do you who do you have for this one? This one this one like most of the other eight and nines is kind of a bit of a toss up. But I, I want to hear your word here first. Ah man, this is a tough one for me. This is like the the different like LSU Saint Bonaventure was an, another one where I think both teams could have been seated higher. And and here like Loyola Chicago as an eight seed is is so disrespectful like this team went 24 and 4 they have the number one ranked defense in the nation they they, they're a really really good team but on the same at the same time georgia tech has been red hot lately they just won the acc tournament so it's a scary opponent and they they have a lot of size that that could throw off loyola chicago uh man i'm sticking with loyola chicago because they've been a team that i've been high on all season I, i love their their play on the defensive end and you know they've got they've got a few players that are still left over from from that team that made a Final Four run a few years ago. Uh, most notably, Cameron Crutwig, their their starting center. It's like he's sort of a a, no, a Nikola Jokic light almost. He, he led the team in points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. A lot of the offense runs through him. He's a he's an interesting player. So uh, I'm sticking with Loyola Chicago here, but Georgia Tech is gonna is gonna make this a game for sure. 
Yeah, Loyola Chicago, as you mentioned, their defensive play. I mean, they're one of the stronger defensive teams in the tournament. I feel like that that really isn't up for question. Um, the only thing that kind of shakes me is the kind of Maryland factor here. I mean, George, uh, Georgia Tech has played eight eight top 25 opponents and actually has a positive record. I feel like that's something that uh, that could be that kind of battle-tested readiness that we see going into a first round that could end up uh, propelling into a, a promising result, so to speak. Um, but I mean, not to take any, any credit away from Loyola Chicago. I mean, they're, they're a very strong, um, disciplined defensive team. I feel like that could be, that could be the kind of thing that that could close the door on a potential upset. Um, but I'm going to take Georgia tech here. I think Georgia tech being battle tested, much like Maryland, especially with better outcomes could be the kind of thing that propels them, um, through, through against a strong defensive team. I mean, I also don't want to shake a stick at, um, Loyola Chicago's conference, uh, record because they did go 16 and two, but how many of those teams are notable teams? is, is kind of up for question, but I, uh, I'm going to take Georgetown here. I think that's one of the, one of the more varying ones that we have, or sorry, Georgia tech, not Georgetown. Um, and I guess we'll move swiftly on. We have uh, we have Tennessee at the five. We have Tennessee at the five against uh, what's that Oregon state. Yeah. Oregon state. This yeah. is a, this is another interesting matchup. Uh, I'm picking Oregon state because they're, they're red hot and they've just, they have not been able to miss in their past, like four games shooting over 40% in all of their PAC 12 tournament games beat three straight tournament teams in uh, UCLA, uh, Oregon, and then Colorado. And I think Oregon and Colorado are both really good. So I was very impressed with their play recently. And Tennessee is just, they're a shaky five seed for me. They're super inconsistent. When they play to the best of their ability, they're they are very good. But you never know what you're going to get from them. And I just, I think Oregon State's coming in red hot. And I think they're going to win this one. I mean, much like you said, riding in red hot, I mean, beating a team like Colorado and winning your first Pac-12 championship in school history, I feel like can't really, you can't really put enough weight into that. Like that's that's the kind of thing that propels you through to a huge deep run. Um, and you bring up the inconsistency of Tennessee playing at their worst versus playing at their best. I think I'm also going to take Oregon State here. I just love the narrative of pushing through post-Pac-12 championship. I feel like that's the kind of thing that could that they could ride on for a lot of this tournament. Um, so I think I'm going to, I'm going to side with you there. I'm going to take Oregon state as well. So then we have uh, Oklahoma state against Lib. Yeah. Liberty. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma state. I kind of feel bad for Liberty because they're, they're probably the best 13 seed in the tournament. They could have, they could have done some damage against a different opponent, but Oklahoma state is, is really good. And they should, they should, uh, they should have been probably a three seed in my opinion, but whatever they're a four <laughs> seed and they're a dangerous one at that. So keep yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma State's a really strong two-way team. Um, I think the only thing that really Liberty has going for them is they are really they are a very very strong defensive team. Um, the only thing is is Oklahoma's so potent offensively. I feel like how much how much of that could really be negated by a strong 13 seed defensive team. I mean, I guess it'll kind of be one of those time time will tell situations. But I'm also going to take Oklahoma State here. Um, so yeah, well, I mean. When you have the best player in, in NCAA and Kate Cunningham, it's, yeah. it's hard to bet against him in the first round. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's been playing really well all year. And I mean, he, he's the kind of guy that, and I don't, I, I, I kind of want to tr- retract a bit of my statement from earlier that one player can only do so much, especially in college basketball. But I mean, Kate Cunningham's the definition of being able to do it all. So I feel like his individual talent could kind of push through most adversities, especially in this tournament. So I'm, I'm really interested to, interested to see what kind of run he goes on. Yeah. He's the real deal. Number one pick right there. I, Future all-star in the NBA. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's good. <laughs> I think he's my consensus. Number one as well. I mean, really, really shown no indication of anything else. So, I mean, there's really not much else to say there. Um, so then we have uh, San Diego state against Syracuse. 
Yeah, we got a, another dangerous 11 seed in Syracuse that always seems to play their best basketball in March Madness. Uh, they're well coached. They play this weird zone that throws teams off, and they're a scary team. That being said, San Diego State has the right roster to beat a team that plays Syracuse's uh, two-three zone. They they can shoot the ball well. They have really good guards, and that's that's the recipe to beat a team like Syracuse. So I'm I'm sticking with San Diego State here, but this is a this is a scary matchup for them. Upset, <laughs> upset alert. This is like this is one of my more um, I don't want to say low key sleeper picks, but I feel like the name Syracuse alone kind of just bodes towards winning, especially in unlikely situations. And I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen them make deep runs from low seeds. Um, I think they do have to play almost perfectly to beat San Diego state, because as you said, they kind of have the recipe to beat a good, a good and kind of, uh, I don't know, d- differentiating defensive team in Syracuse with the zone that they play. Um, but I'm taking Syracuse here. I think, um, I think just going off of past results and especially that kind of big name that plays well in the first round. I mean, as my, as much as the, as much as of a, of a casual as I can be at times, I feel like this is kind of the one, one of the ones that intrigues me a lot, like strictly off of name. Um, But again, it's just going to be one of those, it's going to be how they react to the zone. It's going to be how they're able, if they're able to knock down shots at the same clip they've been all season, if they're able to show up at all facets of the ball, so, I mean, it's going to go both ways, but I feel like this is kind of one of, one of the more toss-up 6-11s. Yeah, there's, uh, I think all the 6-11s games in this tournament could be uh, could be scary upsets here. I think all the 11 seeds can play. So, Syracuse is definitely not a bad pick. I just, I, I really like, uh, I really like the team that San Diego State has built, so I'm sticking with them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree either. I think that one's going to be a really understanding game. Um, so, we have West Virginia. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to put forth West Virginia here. Um, Just, I mean, again, like, and I hate to keep going back to the battle, battle tested narrative, but I mean, again, 12, 12 games against top 25s. I mean, five and seven isn't the great, isn't the greatest result of that. But again, another strong, another strong team. I mean, not, not great defensively, but have an extreme amount of talent on their roster. I mean, they just, they have really good big men play. And I feel like that's, that's the kind of thing that could wear down one of these lower seeds. Um, and I don't, I don't really see the Eagles kind of besting that. I, I just think West Virginia is a bit too deep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Morehead State's played pretty well recently, but West Virginia is too big, too skilled to, they just, they have everything that you need for, to beat a, a team like Morehead State. So yeah, yeah look, you gotta, you gotta take West Virginia here. I think. Look for Derek Culver to have a little uh, cheeky double double in the first game as well. I mean, I wouldn't put that put that out of the realm of possibility either. Um, and then we'll move on to Clemson Rutgers. This is this kind of for me st- like just screams classic NCAA game. I mean, Rutgers is a is a name that we've heard forever, but um, I mean, who who knew Clemson had a good basketball team though? <laughs> okay, I, I I was I was wondering where you're going with that. Okay, I, that was sarcasm then, right? Yeah. Because. No. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, Rutgers hasn't been in the tournament in like 30 years at this point. So, uh, yeah, and Clemson, Clemson, Rutgers. Uh, this is a, this is another one that I just think both these teams are not very good. Uh, the reason I'm going with Rutgers is because of the fact that they haven't been in the tournament so long, and I just think we've seen a, we've seen quite a few teams that that have had that same sort of narrative coming into the tournament where, you know, it's just it's just a big deal for them, and they're just gonna play play better I, I don't know i don't know why i just think Rutgers is going to win this game uh, but it's it's clemson's a bad team i think i i don't think Rutgers is very good either so 
you know, yeah, pick who no. you want, really. I, no, I, I think I agree. I agree with the narrative of kind of playing up to the occasion. I feel like Rutgers is one of those teams that'll kind of embrace the opportunity to be back in the tournament and kind of out, hopefully outshine a team like Clemson. Um, but I mean, yeah, as, as I'd kind of jokingly referred to, they haven't been in the tournament in a very long time. <laughs> um, so this is going to be, this is going to be treading familiar past waters um, for them, but I think, I think I'd like to see Rutgers move on. I think, I think Rutgers moving on would be not only good for my bracket, but good for the tournament in general. So that'd be uh that'd be an outcome that I'd like to see for sure. And yeah. Then- the other thing with Rutgers, they're another big 10 team. And I just think they're very battle tested. Uh, the, the concern is the fact that they haven't won those battles. They're, they're one in seven against top 25 teams, yeah. but they've at least been playing some really tough competition all season long. So I think the, I think they'll handle Clemson here. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Um, and then we move on to our final matchup of the first round. We have Houston, Cleveland, Cleveland state. Uh, yeah, no, we're taking Houston. <laughs> yeah. We're locked. Yeah, Houston, Houston will win this game for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think there's there's much else to say. I mean, uh, Quentin Grimes has been playing unreal all season. He's been one of my favorite to watch throughout the entire year. Um, they have they have a really good like they're one of the teams that's one of those deeper two way teams that I feel like will cause a lot of problems throughout the tournament. Um, they kind of they managed to do everything right on both sides of the ball. They're really well coached. I think for the most part, aside from a few a few games that got out of hand. Um, in terms of closer games that shouldn't have been as close mid-season, I think they've been fairly disciplined and have been able to maintain leads. So I feel like, and especially given the seeding two versus fifteen, I I just think this one's kind of a lock. Yeah, I agree. And that's our that's our whole first round. Okay, and that has been that. Um, so Nolan, before before we move on, is there anything that you'd like to like to shout out? Any any projects you're working on? I know you just released your uh, your March Madness article, actually. So do you, if you wanted to plug that, go right ahead. Yeah, you know, all about potential upset picks in the first round. Uh, I obviously mentioned quite a few of them in this podcast, but if you're interested in in reading that, uh, go check it out on the DOTL site. Yeah. And I mean, besides that, be sure to tune in next time uh, to the second episode of the OTL Sports Layup Line. We're going to go through the rest of our bracket. We're going to go through uh, all of our pre, pre-set, I guess, uh, second round matchups, and we're going to play through right to the championship. Um, and besides that, be sure to tune in to March Madness, uh, tweet along, tweet along with us, uh, interact with OTL through everything we're going to be posting almost through every matchup, I would assume. Um, and besides that, I mean, be sure to check this out on the OTL sports, uh, OTL sports page. You can listen to this podcast, uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether that be anchor iTunes, um, Apple podcasts, Spotify. So be sure to tune in. Uh, we're going to be releasing these as often as we possibly can. We're going to shoot for at least once a week, if not twice. Um, and if there's any suggestions that you guys have for episodes or anything you want us to talk about, then be sure to let us know either through the OTL sports socials or, or ours, uh, specifically. Um, and with that, we're going to leave you guys with the, uh, with the sweet dreams of the March madness tournament on the, uh, on the brink of the horizon. So take it easy and see you later.